Hello, hello, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is the podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and today we have a colorful and creative home cook on the podcast to talk about pivoting to a career as a food blogger and influencer and why he is the king of divisive ingredients. But before we get to our guest, just wanted to remind you that Food Network Obsessed is a finalist in the 2022 Podcast Awards. But we need your help to be nominated, so please click into the episode description and you will see a link where you can sign up to nominate us. Food Network Obsessed can be nominated in the Leisure category and for the People's Choice Award. There are only a couple of days left to nominate us, so I promise it'll only take a minute, but we do appreciate it. All right, let's get to our guest. He is a food and lifestyle creator, and according to his Instagram bio, a meatball making meatballs. It's Dan Pelosi. Dan, a.k.a. Grossy Pelosi, welcome to the podcast. Um, first things first, can you share the origin story behind your nickname? Of course. And hi, thanks for having hi. me. Hi. <laughs> okay, so I'm so much older than I look. Um, and I was in college when the movie Never Been Kissed came out, which is an amazing Drew Barrymore rom-com. And um, in the movie, her nickname is Josie Grossy. And at the time when the movie came out, I was studying abroad in Italy. And so all my friends who were back in Providence, Rhode Island, would call me or I would call them and they would all be like partying. And they just started after after seeing the movie calling me Grossy Pelosi as like <laughs> a very a very loving way to troll me, which is kind of my favorite <laughs> my favorite way to, for things to go down. And I just thought it was like hysterical. And I was like, you know, I was like 19. So I was like, this is great. And so then like when the Friendsters and the MySpace and the Instagram, all the things where you needed a a screen name, as they called them, before handles, I just started using it. And it's just stuck. And now here I am falling into this food brand with the word gross. Perfect. In my <laughs> brand name. It, I, I actually quite like it because it kind of like immediately shakes down the sort of seriousness of the whole situation. So it's been kind of overwhelmingly a good thing. The more the more problematic is that my last name is actually politicized, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's harder to um, Google you um, without the Grossy Pelosi, by the way. You have yes, to put that in there. it's very tough. Well, there's Nancy Pelosi, and then there's also like a serial killer named Dan Pelosi. Oh, uh, well, that's that, nice. <laughs> that happened too. So it's just not, it's not a win-win. For <laughs> <laughs> so it's Grossy Pelosi, that all yes. or nothing. Yeah. Um, all or nothing. Yeah. Well, you have, you have had such an exciting few years, and I'm so excited to talk to you all about it. I want to know where you got to where you are today. So let's take it back to 2019, because as I understand it, this was a very pivotal year for you. You were an experiential creative director in the fashion industry. I was, yes. What was fulfilling about your career at the time? Oh my gosh. Um, I had been in this career for 15 or so years. I had been a creative director and in-house at brands, at agencies. I had done consulting. I had like a really great team of designers who I loved working with. I loved being around people. I loved ideating. I loved whiteboard sessions. I loved creating really great experiences. And I loved walking into a meeting with a brand and kind of understanding what they stood for, who their customer was, and what we were going to do. So I was sort of creating experiences and marketing for 
all these amazing brands, a lot of them are really, most of them are pretty big name brands. So I just love that. And then I also just on the personal level loved being a creative director and directing teams and going into the meetings that were kind of boring, coming out, getting my teams excited and just like engaging people to do really fun work. Um, so I loved it. Um, and I did never think that I would <laughs> pivot away from it. Um, but like you said, 2019 was, people said 2020 was a bad year. 2019 was kind of my bad year. Um, I had the privilege of losing out on my dream house. Mm. <laughs> so I want to say that um, I was trying to buy a house upstate. It's been a goal of mine. I really needed kind of like the creative project to to sort of give me some new energy. Again, very privileged problem to have, but that kind of crushed me because it was my first time trying to buy a house. And then much more devastating was I had a really close family member, my uncle Phil, pass away unexpectedly. Um, so by the end of 2019, I just was kind of like really having a tough time and needed something to sort of re-energize me. So, well, yeah. I mean, let's talk about the cookie party because I think this plays really a pivotal role in that your whole store. So <laughs> your whole yeah. story. Um, so this is your annual Grossi Pelosi holiday cookie party. And for those who are not familiar, can you give us kind of the essence of this annual get together? Yes. So it all starts with me growing up in an Italian-American household, and Ita- cookies are a huge part of the experience culturally. They are for many other cultures, too. But for me specifically, it was like tins of cookies starting like December 1st being sort of like made, stacked in the basement. It was cookie swaps. It was the ever-evolving Italian cookie tray on the table. <laughs> People would come over. It was sort of like we would just like put new cookies on it, take old cookies off. It sort of was like this transforming magical tray. About, I guess it's like eight years ago now or so, I I decided that around the holidays, I wanted to bring this tradition to my friends here in New York. So I invited people over. This was at the time my place in the West Village, although I moved the next year. And now it's like my 10-foot dining table in Brooklyn. I cover it in butcher paper. You either bring homemade cookies or you bring something else, but you don't bring store-bought cookies Mm -hmm. because the idea is that you bake your own stories and you, or you bake your own cookies and you tell the story behind them. So you put your cookies down in a really beautiful pile. You write with a Sharpie sort of like your name, what you made, maybe your Instagram handle if you're self-promotional like me. <laughs> and it's just such a beautiful day of people coming in and out of my house. The cookie table refreshes itself. New cookies show up. Some cookies are all eaten. And people just walk around talking about all the cookies and saying like, hey, who made this? Oh, my God, you made the almond cookie? Oh, my gosh, what is that? Tell me about that. And every single year when I had it, it just became more and more magical. And in 2019, it was really the moment where I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. Like, I can create spaces, experiences that are surrounded uh, or are sort of centered around food, and they make people really happy. And in turn, that makes me really happy. So I said to myself, okay, Dan. 2020, take your Instagram, which is like a canvas that you can control Mm -hmm. and really narrow it down to food. I would share everything, like literally everything. (laughs) I have like almost almost 12,000 photos on my Instagram. And so I really narrowed it down to just food. And so in the first three months of the year, I was just like doing food. And then someone was like, oh, you should post your recipes, which I had never shared before on your highlights. So I started doing highlights. So by the time the pandemic hit, I really looked somewhat like a food account, which was had no intention of my decision at my cookie party mm-hmm. hitting up against a global pandemic. Right. But that happening really created 
me and where I am right now in the past over almost two and a half years. So yeah. No, I think that's so cool. I think it's fun. I, I think you were right the first time when you said people bake their stories and bring them to this party, because that's exactly what it sounds like you were doing. And you mentioned this kind of three or four month transitional period. Can you pinpoint the exact moment you decided to fully pursue food or or was it more of an evolution? <laughs> I think it was an evolution. You know, I I was sort of just like having fun on the weekends. I, for years, have spent my weekends in the kitchen cooking, like sometimes by myself, sometimes with friends coming over. I would always have friends over for dinner and I would spend the whole day at the market obsessing over food, like planning the menu for the weekend. It kind of is what got me through the work week, even though I did love my job. And so once we started working from home on like March 14th of 2020, I realized that I could go from sharing sort of everything I consumed and made for two days a week to seven days a week. And then that became pretty clear that people needed that, Mm -hmm. right? Because especially people in New York City who aren't cooking, who didn't know how to make a meal. Some people didn't know how to fry an egg, make a (laughs) sandwich, stock their pantry. So me not being a professional cook, but being someone who I, I sort of joke in a sort of loving ways that I grew up in kind of a lockdown, right? Like we were Italian American, Portuguese American we were eating breakfast, talking about what's for lunch, and then at lunch, talking about what's for dinner, and then <laughs> going to the grocery store. Like, I spent my life at home. I have a very comfortable house that I love being in. And many people on March 13th, 2020, found themselves in a very uncomfortable home with no idea how to cook. So I quickly realized, and I think it's through my experience of being a brand marketer, <laughs> I had knowledge that I could, without very much effort, make teachable. And people started following me, following me, following me and saying, like, thank you so much. This is so helpful. Like, it's not an intimidating space. I can just like sort of follow along. You give some great advice and I can do my own thing. And I'm feeling a little bit better about this really awful time. So it really it was incredible for me to be able to tap into that and help others. As you were describing, you know, some of your responsibilities um, in your previous job, it really, you know, kind of describes what you're doing now in in a different way. What are some of the skills and experiences from the fashion industry that you were kind of able to bring to this robust career in food? Yeah, I think it's really two things. I think one, it's listening. So we would always listen to our client. We would always had feet on the ground. We would always do like question, I want to call them question groups. What do you call them? Like groups groups. where we would like focus groups. Thank you. (laughs) Focus groups. So very quickly I was listening. I mean, I didn't have much else to do besides cook and like sort of participate in my day job, which was slowly sort of falling apart. Um, I was listening. I was listening to what people who were following me needed, what I, what they wanted, what I, how I could help them. And I immediately was able to sort of distill like my personality plus like something tangible like (laughs) how to fry an egg was the magic to people coming to me and I wanted more people to come to me because I was like I felt really incredible about being able to help people during this really awful time Um, and then I think one thing that the other thing is really the design and the branding piece of it so really like two or three weeks into it someone was like we want Grossy Pelosi merch like when is Grossy (laughs) Pelosi merch dropping and I was like Grossy Pelosi merch but of course I was like okay like I hear you get asked me that two or three times that I'm making a logo I'm designing merch like I'm figuring out how to launch it and then I'm figuring out where that money's gonna go because I was fortunate enough that I didn't need it so I started my This Too Shall Pasta merch line and it launched on April 13th of 2020. So within wow. a month and I sold enough money to donate like $15,000 on June 1st 
to SAGE, which is an organization that supports LGBTQ elders who are extremely isolated during that time and have very little family support, don't have partners, don't have children, many of them, much less than heterosexual relationships. Mm -hmm. So I just started like going into like, how can I just build this brand that can help people? Um, And certainly I've benefited. So I don't want to sound like overly like I'm, you know, a saint for doing this. (laughs) Like I've, I've also benefited and I've built a whole career for myself, but it was really great to be able to use um, my skills to, of listening and also like design and branding mm-hmm. to create something bigger than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. So, I love that. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, totally. I'm, I mean, m- next question, when's the next merch drop? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've done, I know. So I have to do them in small collections yep. because I'm your um, customer service representative. <laughs> and that is You're all of the, right all of the jobs rolled into one. I'm all of, I'm all the jobs. Um, I slowly am bringing on support in different areas, but um, it's also like, you know, driving demand. Like if I had merch 365 days a year, I'm telling you no one would buy it. <laughs> but if you say it's available for four weeks, then people buy it, right? Because they're like, and I, you know, scream from the top of the mountain. So I'm working on a big fall holiday collection and I'm trying to transition my vendors, which is just like a whole other thing. Who would have thought? Anyways, <laughs> and then people now want me to do this other, I have this other saying that I've been screaming from the mountain and I just having to do that. So I'm just like, I don't know. I, it may be sooner than than we think, but I was just planning on doing it in the fall. But I will. I'm telling you, I can pull up some magic and send you something. Don't tell anyone okay. who's listening. All right. But I'll send you some stuff. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Deal. I mean, I will wear it with pride. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But you know, speaking of this business that you have have built, you have grown to over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, where you kind yeah. of embody this signature Italian grandma energy, as you call it. <laughs> uh, what yeah. recipe would you say? you are most known for oh it's my vodka sauce and i say that sauce sauce (laughs) i say it's sort of like a really like intense like vodka sauce (laughs) i spell it with a w instead of the u it is a recipe that you know just is so it's delicious and it's just sort of like decadent it's super easy to make it really caught on and i think it's really where so many of my followers have found me is people really have shared it and it's gone kind of viral. And it's also a great recipe because you can make it vegan, um, you can make it gluten free. And so it's just something that universally everyone can sort of enjoy in the decadence of. Um, And I think vodka sauce is like a silent menu item on a lot of Italian menus (laughs) at restaurants. People are like, what is that? Um, And I still get questions like, People think it's a cocktail. People are like, can I put, do I have to put vodka in it? And I'm like, yeah, it's vodka sauce. Like, <laughs> but, but of course you don't have to if, if you're not uh, someone who consumes alcohol. We have we talk about that in my recipe. But um, anyways, yeah, so that's been, that vodka sauce has been the one. I'm actually wearing my vodka. I made a vodka sauce merch tea a while back. It says lost in the sauce. Love it. So yeah. What yeah. What do you think? Because I, I, I feel like vodka sauce is, it, it is such a popular you know, dish or menu item yeah. or, you know, why is that? Yeah. And what does the vodka actually like do to the sauce that makes it so craveable, I guess? I think one, it's like, it's mostly cream, um, <laughs> which... Give me all the fat think, and carbs. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's like creamy, it's glossy, it's thick. I also think people don't realize like the vodka creates the flavor, but only after the vodka is cooked, like the alcohol is cooked out of the vodka. It leaves this like really rich flavor into the sauce. So there's no alcohol actually left in the sauce. It's just sort of like what's left of the vodka once the alcohol is cooked out. 
I think it's like really unique. It's not like a tomato sauce. It's not like, you know, it's not like a garlicky white sauce. Like it really is sort of its own thing. And it's just pleasurable. I mean, I ate so much of it over the past two and a half years. <laughs> so much of it. Um, you need to you need to bottle that. And, and that could that could be even the next I know. product drop. I get I get asked all the time to do that. I don't think we're there yet. I don't know if I'll ever be here. I really I, I get I get so much joy out of people telling me like this is the first thing I've ever baked. This is the first thing I've ever cooked. I made this for my boyfriend. It was my we got engaged over your your vodka sauce. Aww. Like it's really become this like special thing. And my audience that I was getting primarily was people who didn't really know how to cook because I was sharing the most basic things. Um, and now I have people from all different levels and I've had friends in the food world in New York for years and all these things. But yeah, it's just, it's become sort of like this, you know, people talk about the engagement chicken or like these special meals. Like mm-hmm. for me, my like celebratory meal is ingredient with clams. Cause that's just like, always just means like the best thing ever. But vodka sauce has become like this moment. It's really cool. Yeah. I mean, and you, you kind of talked about just the, t- the types of people that were gravitating towards your recipes. And, and there are so many personalities and perspectives in the food space, particularly on Instagram and TikTok and all that. Where do you land when it comes to your personal approach and just attitude in the kitchen? Um, I think like I really am clear with people that I'm like not a professional. I have no pedigree in the food world. I am someone who I was that kid who was in the kitchen with my mom, my grandma, my my dads, my aunts, my uncles. I was that kid who wasn't outside, outside playing, but was sitting at the table with his aunties having coffee and cookies, <laughs> hearing like all the tips, right? Like learning. I was when you invite me over to your your house when we were when we were in grammar school. I wanted to hang out with your mom. I didn't want to hang out with you. <laughs> like I just <laughs> like I have sort of like the the sort of like domestic understanding of how to like live a life, a great life at home. I can't help you if you want to make a restaurant quality thing. I don't know all the fancy techniques. I love learning. I love spending time with my friends who do, but I love taking it step by step. And I love helping you with sort of the simplest, easiest things and helping you gain confidence to succeed and also kind of like mess up in Mm -hmm. the kitchen, right? Like that's how some of the best things happen. So Again, it goes back to like grossy Pelosi. It's like immediately like, what? Like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Like, why is that about food? But it is, but it's not self-serious at all. So that's where I hope to kind of be, you know, it's like taking all the like, the like domestic mom, aunt, grandma, uncle, grandfather, like I come from a family that just really stayed home and cooked. (laughs) And that's what I'm not telling you you need to do, but I'm trying to help you understand kind of what I learned from that. Yeah. And, 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 and appreciate, you know, where that food comes from and just like the process of it. I think Um, you mentioned all these family members. Was there one in particular that really shaped and influenced your, your food perspective? Yeah. I mean, I think my my grandfather, Bimpy, who is a, a big part of the Grocery Pelosi brand, people are obsessed with him. Um, <laughs> we have a really, a really special relationship. He's 100. Wow. Um, and my granddad loved to be 100 as well. <laughs> oh, it's just the best. So I mean, cool. it's so special. And, and his wife, Catherine, who died many, many years ago, and then my other grandparents, like every... But, you know, I get to now more and more and more call Bimpy almost daily and talk to him. And he has told me how to make his shkadal and beans recipe over like a million times, but I just want to listen to it. I want, I want, I want him to have an audience for his 
food and his interests. And it's just, you know, I used to call him when I lived in the West Coast in my 20s and I would call him and I'd be like, hey, Pimpy, what's up? And he'd be like, I made 100 meatballs. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, like he's just like, uh, like making so much food. And we always used to joke because as he got older, he'd be like, I can't eat as much as I used to. But like his plate was completely wiped clean. Like we're like, oh yeah, of course, you know. He's just this like the classic, like enjoys food, has a million stories about it. Um, and he really just like helped me kind of enjoy food, become a great food storyteller, learn really simple things. You know, like I was cooking with him, um, I think it was a couple months ago, and I was like, Salvimp, like, how do you cut an onion? And he was like, what do you mean? You just cut an onion. Like, he doesn't, <laughs> he's not like obsessed with like, there's all these things like the perfect way to cut an onion. Like, how, you know, all these like hacks. And he's like, just cut the onion. Like, and I love, I love that because people are always like, what's the best way to cut an onion, Grossy? Like, we need your professional advice. And I'm like, not a professional. And also like, just cut the just onion. Cut the like, onion. It doesn't, <laughs> just cut the onion. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's fine, you know? Yeah, so I love that about him. Yeah, and so. it seems like you've definitely kind of, you know, taken on that role, um, you know, with your friends and, and your family and cooking for others just seems to be a natural and comfortable place for you. Um, yeah, you kind of you kind of alluded to it at the top with your your nickname. But can you share the time um, when you were studying abroad and cooking for your classmates and how all of that oh, yeah. came about? <laughs> this was actually a huge turning point for me because I really I, I went to college um, and then like shortly, I think it was like my sophomore, my junior, year, I spent in Rome in Italy for an independent study year. And so this was when I was able to take all the listening and learning and watching and also participating of my family cooking and experience a whole new city. And I lived in this villa and there was like 30 of us. So about 10 of us shared a kitchen. Wow. And very quickly, I became like head of the kitchen. Like <laughs> I would... I would walk every morning to the Campo de Fiori. I would go shopping in the market. I would come back at dinner time. I would be like, okay, here's what we're having. And I would like, my mom tells a story when she came to visit me halfway through the year. And she was like, honey, you ran that kitchen. Like I was, ne- <laughs> I was like never more proud. I was like making up recipes. I was like, you know, watching, learn. Like it was just incredible. And that gave me so much confidence out of necessity. And I don't think that that's so different from the way people have been learning about food and living through the pandemic, right? It's like, I didn't have any other choice. Mm -hmm. Like I had to cook for these people and I found joy in it. And I think if I can help people do that at any point during their life, like that's such a win. Yeah. I mean, how did that work? Were people, were your, were your classmates like giving you money to like purchase all the supplies and you're just kind of like the yeah, head? Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it was like, it was pretty casual, but they like trusted me. Like they were just like, okay, like, you know, great. And then some people would do dishes. Some people would chop. Like they, it was, it was awesome. And I just became sort of like the like farmer's market, like, you know, I just was living my full fantasy. It was amazing. <laughs> and, and, and you've definitely carried that over um, from what yes. I can tell. I mean, when, when, you're, yes. when you're hosting, you know, like say a dinner party today, how do you decide yes. what you're serving your guests? So I, oh my gosh, <laughs> I just like, it, so I love, um, I love the kind of like things that you can take out of the oven right before you're serving dinner and plop them on the table and have like a nice salad, some garlic bread, like some simple stuff. I don't like to be doing a million little things that are super delicate. I call them <laughs> that's sort of like my open marinara, which is like the open marriage that marinara is in. Like I make a <laughs> pot of marinara, I could pull it out of the freezer and you can make chicken parm, eggplant parm, lasagna, um, 
spaghetti and meatballs. You can make, you know, you could just make a million things from it. So it's really kind of like having one signature recipe that is so versatile that depending on who's coming over or what time of year it is, you can sort of put down that sort of like big pot of pasta with a bunch of meatballs and everyone's just like super, super happy. That's sort of always been my formula. And, you know, now it's summer, so I love to like grill or, you know, make pizzas on the grill or, but really I think the simpler, the better. And I think people are afraid of everything having to be hot out of the oven. And it's like, no, food is delicious, cold and at room temperature. So choose intentionally a little bit of each throughout the meal and you'll be happy. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. I love, I mean, I've always moved around a lot, you know, and, and kind of have like hosted like all I call it like yeah. you know the holiday orphans like people that can't be with yeah. their family oh yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I I feel the same way like lasagna or like a meaty ragu like anything you can make ahead and then just like rewarm the next day I think um make it easy on yourself right the best and marinara is better on like day five than it is on day one totally it's like food you know certain food so. <laughs> do you have a go-to recipe that's like super impressive but actually really easy to make I would say like my lasagna or my eggplant parm are like so great because you could make them um, meat free if you want to. Like everyone wants to sit there and watch you like slice into a like thickly layered lasagna or eggplant parm and pull out that like cheesy slice. And there's like the uzmads and it's just like (laughs) the kind of food that like, I mean, I've got friends of all different, you know, backgrounds and you know the ways that they eat and they grow up and there's certain people who I know just like don't eat as much as I do but like if I can get them to just like chow down at my table it is just like (laughs) such a dream and so those things are just like those are my like highlights for sure if you could throw like a dream themed dinner party what what would it entail oh my gosh a themed dinner party um oh my gosh oh my gosh I'm so bad at this. A themed <laughs> dinner. I feel like, I don't know, like I, I've always been obsessed and my dad is like, my dad is obsessed with like history. So he would always talk about like ancient Rome and sort of like the excess of it. And I think that would be kind of fun to just yeah. do like these, like, you know, when you watch like movies and it's like the like emperor, or the king, or even like, what's that movie? The Sofia Coppola about with Kirsten Dunst where there's just like oh, cakes yep. and like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Or like that scene in National Lampoons where like the kids just like eating all the food. off. Like, <laughs> that, I would love I would love to. It's like the ultimate all you can eat buffet. Yeah. I don't know. That just feels really fun. I think that's you know? I think that sounds like a blast. It's definitely not like, you know, small plates and like foam. <laughs> Dainty. Foam. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's like a free for all. Yeah. It's a free for all. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I was telling someone the other day, like my aunt used to go to all you can eat buffets and she would line her purse with a Ziploc bag <laughs> and she would literally like take her plate and like shove food into the Ziploc oh bag. Oh my gosh. I love that. Awesome. I was like, <laughs> okay. Like that. That's the energy. Yeah, that's that's the energy of your dream dinner party. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I know obviously it's summertime. Everyone's, you know, kind of taking vacations, rentals, Airbnbs. Do you have, you know, obviously I feel like you're you're an expert on this, you know, based on your your history here, but like tips for cooking in a vacation rental or like must pack list without bringing oh everything. I mean, I have I have my guide on my website that's called Grossy's Guide to Being a Vacation House Mom because this <laughs> This is like where I like absolutely shine, yes. I think. And I'm not a professional. I just have some experience. But like, you know, whether it's me and my gays on Fire Island or me and my mom and my sister on Cape Cod or if I'm going upstate or if I'm like going camping, I have sort of like 
I think it's like, I don't know what I call it in my guide, but it's like small, medium, and large. It's like, are you taking a, like the essentials? Are you taking sort of like the middle or are you taking your whole kitchen? Um, and then there's like also like, am I bringing linens and my whole set of enamelware? Because I like to serve in like really delicious vessels. Because you can get to a house and you're, there's literally nothing or there's more than you could ever dream of. I always just pretend like nothing's going to be there (laughs) because while I do love the challenge of like figuring it out, there's just some things I just, I need to feed people and I don't want to be stressing out about what I have. So I absolutely have a fully written guide that so many people have told me they've used and it's helped them. And then also people will take it and bring their own stuff and adapt to it. And I love hearing what people be like, Oh, like I also put this on the list or, you know, I do that. Um, And there's also, the people out there who are like already doing this, obviously, and I love hearing from them because mm-hmm. they're like, we're the same. <laughs> I totally get. It. There's this like onion article. I love the onion. I love the it's onion. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like mom spends her vacation doing dishes like closer to the water, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's literally me. I'm like that mom doing her dishes, staring at the ocean, but like totally happy about it. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm so glad you brought up the onion. I yeah, when I was at ESPN, I randomly got like mentioned in a fake onion article and it was definitely oh, one of hysterical. my like crowning moments for sure that's a dream. wait were you in were you, did you ever go to bristol because i'm from water oh yeah i well i lived in west yeah. hartford for four years and, oh yeah and, west farm small yes. represents <laughs> california pizza kitchen yes. thank you <laughs> i mean downtown you know like the, the center west hartford center is where it's at now there's all the all the restaurants is that where, like the crate and barrel is no like uh oh yes oh, yes 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 it is that's like right? part of yeah. it but yeah part of it yeah that okay. was that was the that was the main drag for uh you know cool. walking to to dinner and that kind of thing love that what a dream <laughs> <laughs> uh but now you're in brooklyn um and so yeah. am i and so oh wow you are yes i'm in williamsburg oh cool yeah so i i love asking our guests you know some of their favorite spots in their their neighborhood or their community because i think we get a lot of people listening that definitely take notes you know if they're coming to new york and that kind of thing so oh, what yeah. are your favorite like go-to brooklyn spots Okay, so I'm going to go... Th- okay, so you had Caroline Schiff on yes, your love um, Caroline. program. Your program. I sound like <laughs> my grandfather. Um, and so Gage and Tolner, I'm sure that yes. your listeners already have love. heard, but must go, yep. must have her baked Alaska, must have her, um, the rolls, the... Oh, uh, the Parker House, House rolls. rolls are so good. Gorgeous. You know, one of my Manhattan favorites just opened in Williamsburg, which is Jack's by Frida, which is just like the best, easiest go-to for me. I've been going there for years and years and years, and now I go to the one in Williamsburg. Um, over in my neighborhood in Bedside, there's Hearts and The Fly, which are owned by the same people who own Servos. Oh, Hearts Servos. is like, was what, yeah, so it's like that family. Hearts is one of like the best meals I just will ever have ever. Like, it's just like always so good. They have this clam toast that is like the absolute dream. I'll get it for dinner and then I'll get it for dessert. It's like so good. And then the fly is genius. It's like a great bar with plenty of seating and they have like a six item menu. It's like rotisserie chicken. It's like a great Caesar salad, a couple seasonal sides. They have a chicken sandwich. It's just like easy. It's the kind of place you could eat like three times a week and be super happy. And there's always great people there. What else do I love? Oh my gosh, there's so many great places. I live like in Bedside near Tompkins, so I'm near like Saragina. What are the hits? I'm trying to think of. Oh, Chow Gloria. Have you been to Chow Gloria? Chow Gloria. My friend Renato owns it, but I'm I would go there either way. Best breakfast <laughs> sandwich. Best breakfast sandwich ever. It's like an Italian bakery and day uh, daytime cafe. 
I tell people to go there constantly and I get more like, thank you so much for introducing me to this place. It's amazing messages. It's also kind of close to Prospect Park. So you can get picnic food and go there. Mm. What else? Aldi La in Park Slope is a great Italian place that I love. Yeah, those are my. I, I love this. Yeah. By the way, this is <laughs> this is also a guide on, on your on your site. If anybody wants to, yes. um, you know, Thank look you. that up and and have the list right there for you. I think you had Bernie's on there as well, which is oh Bernie's. <laughs> yes, I was just at Bernie's other night. Of course. Thank uh, you. Love Bernie's. That's Bernie's is great. Yeah, I have Grossi's Guide to Eating in uh, Brooklyn, and I have a guide to Manhattan. Oh, perfect. I tell people whenever they come to take a look at it. I also have honorable munchins, which are just like the quick hits of like best coffee shop, best taco, like best donut, best. So thank you for, you're like so good at sending people to my website. (laughs) I appreciate it. I got you. I got you. (laughs) Uh, I'm slowly learning how to be like a blogger. Yeah, I know. I need to get back to it. That was like my, my roots was, was in my blog and then I haven't, you know, touched it for over a year. So uh, maybe you'll inspire me to, to get back to it. Coming up next, Dan tells us why he eats two breakfasts a day and reveals the Food Network personality he'd love to cook with. You also have a really fun episode of Crack an Egg With on FoodNetwork.com where you create your favorite second breakfast. So I guess, first of all, what's in your first breakfast? So I wake up absolutely starving like just like <laughs> ready to go like ravenous like i need to eat so i do my first breakfast is and if you judge me that's fine no. not you but the audience <laughs> you would never judge me. i would never um it's like one minute microwave oats with a scoop of peanut butter and a cup of coffee like i can be ready in three minutes <laughs> and i'm so, i'm like so happy the way that like peanut butter melts on hot oatmeal and then you like stir it in my gosh, it is so good. Um, so that's always first breakfast. I've been known to do like second and third breakfast, but you know, it just depends. Yeah. And and then you you actually demonstrate your second breakfast or a version of your yes. second breakfast on oh here. And by the way, eggs are a popular subject on this podcast. And you scramble yours with cottage cheese. And I'm actually I actually am a huge cottage cheese fan as well. I know not everyone feels that way, uh, which is kind of surprising to me. I don't think it's super offensive. Um, but can you make a case for cottage cheese for these naysayers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think cottage cheese adds like a level of creaminess to the eggs. By the way, by the time the, the eggs are scrambled and cooked with the cottage cheese in them, you don't know there's cottage cheese. No. People don't like cottage cheese because it has sort of like a rocky, sort of like intense texture. But we are, that is disappearing. It's like when I put cottage cheese in like a baked pasta or a cheesecake, like you don't know there's cottage cheese in it, right? So just think about wanting dreamy, creamy, tangier um, eggs. Like you could put mozzarella, you can put all kinds of cheese in it, but this just like the cheese really becomes just part of the egg. It's not like cheese and egg like are separate. Like they just become part of making it wetter and more delicious. So, um, and of course, throw some herbs in there, um, throw whatever you like in your scramble. So I hope that I did a good job of it. I actually did that video, like your props to the Food Network team. Like I've never felt more comfortable on camera. I had so much fun. (laughs) Like I, whatever people are like, what's your best on camera work? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm getting better, but I really look at that as like the first time I ever felt like great on camera. Yeah, no, it was very, very fun and approachable. And just, you, you felt like, 
you were, you know, sitting in your kitchen with you, um, you know, making yeah. this this little breakfast stack, which is, That's by the way, the what you made in this episode. What are the the components of a perfect breakfast stack? So I would do like fried bread. So you can toast bread, but you can also fry it in olive oil, which is just makes it so good. Of course. And then... <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And then I like some greens. So I take, I took some arugula, did a little like oil and vinegar, tossed that in, put that on top of the fried bread. Then I plopped my, my scrambled eggs. And then I took some prosciutto, which I love with eggs. And then I grated some Parmesan cheese. It's a little bit inspired by Bouvette. Have you been to Bouvette? Yes, love Bouvette, yeah. Bouvette does their like the, the coffee machine. They like take the steamer from the like when you would make like a latte and they steam their eggs in that and they stack it, but different story. But yeah, <laughs> sort of like that combo of like the salty prosciutto with the tangy, creamy eggs and a little bit of like fresh greens and like the acid of the vinegar with the fried bread. Like it's just a dream. No, it sounds like perfectly balanced and, and delicious. You also in that episode call yourself the king of divisive ingredients. So other than oh my other than cottage cheese, what are some foods that you love that may make others cringe? <laughs> This is what I was saying earlier. Like, don't yuck by yum has become a daily thing yeah. like to say to people because it's like, um, I put raisins in my meatballs, <laughs> which is actually a Sicilian tradition, but people think that that's just like the worst. People do not like raisins. They don't like anchovies. They don't like cottage cheese. These are all things I eat all the time. They don't like sardines, like any tinned fish. I've gotten a lot of feedback. At one time I ate veal, and of course there's a whole lot opened a whole can of where it's just like, you know, it's just like, okay, like if you don't like what I'm eating, just keep going. Just, just or pass un- along. Follow, yeah. Like pass along. <laughs> like I don't need, like sending me a vomit emoji is just the end of, <laughs> end of us. That's the, that is the end of us. Goodbye. Yeah. But I also have to say, I'm so happy for you to not like any of these things. Sure. Like you get to decide whatever you eat. Just don't complain to me about don't it. Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> yeah. No. Don't yuck my yum. <laughs> I... Don't yuck my yum. Um, unless it's bell peppers yeah. and then I will yuck it like all, all day long. <laughs> <laughs> green, wait, green, green only or red? I mean, or... green is the worst offender by far, but, but no, all of them I hate, but. Okay. So sausage. So wait, so sausage and peppers. I can't do so- well, unless like it was like a poblano it. or something. I, I like so all are... of the spicy peppers. What about like a Cubanel? Uh, that like one no. that maybe Buffer. maybe sometimes maybe. yeah okay. but we can talk offline about yeah, we, I, I wanna, we will we'll die we'll, we'll die <laughs> I mean, oh, speaking of which is there some i mean do you have one one thing like that that like because that's pretty much my only thing and it's a very weird thing um, i i understand yeah. that i eat a lot i eat a lot a lot a lot if something has truffle or truffle oil on it like i just it does it's not pleasurable yeah for me. i'm not a huge fan of truffle oil yeah, it just doesn't do it for me, but that's okay. I mean, I love that it's like a delicacy for some people. Um, and I love that for me. I'm just like, that's great. Yeah. More for you. Like more truffle oil for you. Yeah, yeah. Truffle, more for truffle you. Truffle fans. More, <laughs> more bell peppers for everybody else. You guys can have yeah, exactly. all of the bell peppers. Um, no, what? Uh, at, speaking of Food Network, if you could cook yes. breakfast with any Food Network talent, who would it be? What does my hat say? <laughs> I can't. I, the screen is too small. I'm looking at oh, I'm guessing it says Ina Garden, but <laughs> it says Barefoot Contessa. Oh, Barefoot. Yes. Barefoot Contessa, which is like 
hello. Number one, like everything I do, I sort of had like two courses of how to cook in my life. One was like growing up in an Italian and Portuguese family. And then the other one was like Ina Garten. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like Italian, Portuguese comfort food, American comfort food. And like, that is how I sort of came to be who I am. Love. Um, And, you know, Ina's just, I mean, this is not, you know, this is for everyone, I think, but I just love her so much. So, yeah, no, I mean, know. she's we have not had her on the podcast yet. Um, So I, <laughs> I just keep putting it out into the universe because yeah, I would. Exactly. That is definitely a dream, dream guest yeah. for, for us here, too. Uh, I know. I know someday it's going to happen for both of us. Like, I, I'm like, she's going to something's going to happen. She's commented on a couple of my Ooh, posts before. OK, I'll, I mean, getting a follow from mine is just like impossible. But um, but yeah, I just think she's like great. I also I love that she, unlike me, keeps her life sort of like pretty simple mm-hmm. and pretty private. Like we know a few things. Right. Yeah. Like, I, we know I'm what like, she chooses so, to share, right? Yeah. I'm like, you are so smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I think I think the I think the oversharing is definitely yeah. what has drawn people to you. So I think yes, I think it works absolutely. for you and you know, and her her format works for her as well so well i always tell people they're like oh my god i feel like such a creep because i like no and i'm like no no no. first of all (laughs) not creepy because the only way you know that is because i told you right like you put it out there like i put it out there and i am absolutely fine with yeah so i mean i i definitely social media stalk every one of our guests so uh (laughs) yeah that's that's how you that's how you do it these days right you and i you and i actually enjoy opening a breakfast sandwich and watching the cheese yes 100 that's like (laughs) a That very satisfying really, thing. That's huge. For us. Got, have you got, have you done Frankel's? Uh, you must have done. I mean, Frankel's. I have a whole video just on videos of yeah, me eating of course, different Frankel's uh, breakfast sandwiches yeah. because send that to my DM. I will. I'm, I will. I need to watch. <laughs> I will because uh, no, that is definitely. I mean, I try not to eat there like super often because it's not. You know, I the things I order there are not super. Um, Oh, totally healthy. I guess I, I would say. Did, like I just, um, New York Magazine just asked me to go around and eat twenty-seven hot dogs what? across Manhattan, and the, and Frankel's was one of the places. I've never had the hot dog there. Yeah, they have a um, a two hot dog special. Oh. You have to get two of them. Okay, well, yeah, it's good. Twist my so arm, good. I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll have exactly. to check that out. Uh, well, this has been an absolute blast. Um, I could talk oh, to man, you for so hours. Fun. We'll have to hours. go IRL at some point. Um, but we will finish things off with a little rapid fire round. And then we have one final question for you. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm not good at rapid fire. It's okay. It's, I mean, mo- actually <laughs> to be clear and we'll honest, see. most of our guests do not do rapid. So it's fine. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down to try. Okay. But it might take me three hours. No, it's fine. Okay. Let's okay. See. <laughs> who's on your Mount Rushmore of food idols? I feel like Ina's probably on there, but. Ina, Martella Hazan, Bimpy. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, who else? Who would be the fourth? Who would be the fourth? Oh my gosh, there's so many amazing people out there. Or maybe you just have I, three. Maybe you- no. I think I, you know. I, I have to put my mom there because she just has like she has been such like a, a inspiration for me as well. So okay. Yeah. Last rabbit hole that you went down. Oh, I was really lost in um, Sally Field's Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. I have this thing. It's actually my my best friend, Andy Baragani, who's also like a food person. You may have heard of him. He and I have this thing where we're like 
female actresses, we like go down the Wikipedia's, then we start watching their like acceptance speeches on YouTube. And I just like know way too much about Sally Field right now. So, <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it helps me like relax. So um, that's great. Okay. So advice yeah. for a career pivot. I would say like, because I didn't plan mine, all I did was decide to focus on something that I knew would make me happy. And I had no expectations. And that's really all it was. The world just sort of took the universe took the reins, but I just simply shifted something that I already had control over to focus on something that I knew brought me a good amount of joy and had no expectations. Yeah. I think that's I think that's great advice for sure. Um, how do you take your coffee or tea if it's if it's tea? Coffee, coffee, coffee. I take it with um, almond milk in my Yeti mm, in the morning. Yes, and my made in my Mocha Master, which I love my Mocha. Master. Oh, okay. What's the what's a Mocha Master? A Mocha Master is this gorgeous, like very simple coffee maker that comes in like 30 something colors. It's super pretty. It makes a very smooth cup of coffee. No bells and whistles. It's not going to like have coffee ready for you when you wake up in the morning, (laughs) but it's really, really pretty. It's an investment. And like, I love like form and function when they come together because of my like background in design. And this is just like peak form and function. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. What would be the title of your memoir? (laughs) well i don't think i i was gonna use this for like a book if i ever write one but i think it's gonna be don't get your pantry in a bunch (laughs) (laughs) i love that that is very on brand like just don't just calm down like it's gonna be okay (laughs) don't get don't get your pantry in a bunch Uh, speaking of pantries pantry staple that you cannot live without it is oh my gosh tomato paste it's Calabrian chili paste, like just goes on everything. I mean, it's like fennel. I mean, I don't know. Oh my gosh, I should have this down. I would say tomato paste. I think that's a solid choice. I like never know if I have it because it's so small. <laughs> yeah. So I'll like, do, and then I'm like, I just need, I just need to stock up. Just make it, sure yeah. you have it, no, no matter what. I also have so much mayonnaise <laughs> in my pantry. I mean, that's. So many brands of it because it's summer. So it's like mayonnaise and everything. Yeah, 100 percent. All the all the mayonnaise salads for sure. Absolutely. And the tomato mayo toast. (laughs) Tomato mayo toast. Okay. Uh, Wait, what? Come on. Is that new for (laughs) you? Yeah, we're talking about it. Yeah. Okay. let's talk about. Okay. So I have a guide on my site to tomato mayo toast because it's like the snack of the summer. Now, of course, if you don't like mayo, anything that's like white and spreadable. So we've got like cream Cream cheese. cheese. I've seen you have like the cream cheese cheese on with the tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But like the mayo, because you can mix so many things into it and like a really good salted tomato. Fry the bread, toast the bread. You could use a bake like, oh, my gosh. Go to the the guide to tomato mayo toast. I break it down by like all the things. Okay. You could put tin fish on top. Oh my gosh. So okay. clearly I didn't Next. do my stocking well enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, 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 no. No, I love no. it. I will, I will continue on. Um, yes. And obviously color, huge part of your life, your cookbooks, yes. you know, if anybody sees, you know, photos yes. or videos from your kitchen or, or organized in a beautiful rainbow. Uh, so what would Dan Pelosi's or Grossy Pelosi's personal Pantone shade B. Oh my gosh, my personal Pantone shade. So there's International Klein Blue, which is like very popular. It's been sort of like the color of Great Jones has it in the sort of their Molly Baz's cookbook cover was that. I started using it as my logo. Um, 
but I don't know what the Pantone, but I'm, I don't know if it's that though. I'm sort of like gravitating more towards like red right now. Mm. I just feel like red, it's tomatoes, it's marinara. It's also just like supposed to make you happy and hungry. Mm-hmm. So I love red. I have a lot of red in my kitchen for red. sure. Think, let's go with red. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Let's move forward. Let's think about the future. Okay. Red is the, the, the grossy Pelosi future. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the color of a stop sign. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> so many things. So many things. <laughs> All right. So last question. We ask everybody this on Food Network Obsessed. Um, everybody has a different mm-hmm. answer. Yes. But what would be on the menu for your perfect food day? So we want to hear breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, if you're having dessert. And, yes. and there. so basically this question, there's no rules. Like sky's the limit. It can be as like elaborate or as simple as you want you can time travel you can regular travel spend as much money there's oh. no rules no calories count um oh, all the things I can, so i can go to all my favorite places yes. that have closed yes exactly oh my gosh <laughs> okay so breakfast when i tell you it's still going to chow gloria to get their breakfast sandwich then you They're know like, that, um, that that's your spot. bacon egg and cheese <laughs> at chow gloria it's also really close to me so we're starting out slow but then for lunch i'm getting on an airplane and i'm flying to san francisco and i'm eating at a place called bar jewels which closed a while back but they had the best hamburger like i just don't, I don't even know if under- i lived just, in san francisco for a while but it was on it was in hayes valley okay it was next to Soup and Kucha. Oh, Soup yeah, and yeah, yeah, I love like what Now it's a Dominique Cran restaurant, but it was so good. My friend Jessica owned it. But because that may or may not be open in this dream, I don't know. I could also go to, I could also go to Zuni Cafe yes. down the street and have a gorgeous hamburger with their fries and, and a Caesar salad and be so happy. Mm. And then lunch is ever I'm going to... F- Stop by Tartine and just pick up whatever pastry they have sort of like in the mid-afternoon. They tend to run out, but I'll take anything. Um, Ideally, it's like a morning bun or an almond croissant. Then I'm going to fly back to New York and I'm going to have dinner at Via Carota because it's the best restaurant in the city. (laughs) What are you eating there? What What do you get at Via Carota? So I get the sausage stuffed fried olives. I get the salad. I get the, oh my God, right now they have the string, uh, like the zucchini fries that are like the thinnest zucchini Ooh. fries in the whole world. They're so good. Definitely getting one of the three artichoke uh, items on the menu. I'm probably going to get the uh, Frito Misto. I don't, I usually skip the pasta. I'll probably get the octopus and then I'll get the Sfizzarina, which again is kind of like, um, it's a cross between like a steak tartare, but it's a little bit cooked. It's kind of like a hamburger, but there's no bun. It's so good. And then honestly, like, I'm going to walk up the street to Billy's Bakery in Chelsea and I'm going to get just like a really good slice of like, like chocolate or vanilla cake with like their delicious buttercream frosting. It's just like, so like it's across, it's just perfect. That's just like a delicious way to end it. Or maybe a cupcake, but I like a slice of cake. <laughs> I mean, they also have good icebox cake. Ooh, wow. You really like, I know I mean, it makes me think, question. I mean, there's a lot of, lot mm. of opportunities for, I'm probably going to be like uh, trying to fall asleep tonight being like, oh my God, I forgot to say this. I feel horrible. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> like, oh, this would have been the perfect answer. Oh no. <laughs> but I think this is good. No. These are all places that I've like spent a lot of time at yeah. in my life. So like I think I'm a creature good. of habit. Super delicious. 
um, yeah. No, I think that's perfect. So. I mean, it sounds perfect. I mean, from the little that we've gotten to to know you over the last uh, hour, I think that that really sums up Grossy Pelosi <laughs> as a person, a yeah. food um, consumer, and uh, all of the all all the rest as well. So, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time. Oh this has been such a blast. I so enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to um, be on your program. Podcast called <laughs> your program. Tell 13 year old Dan Pelosi that he was going to be on the Food Network video or podcast or anything, and he would have just collapsed yeah. and started sobbing. So, this is just a total dream. Thank you so much. Of course. Well, I think Dan and I definitely need to have a dinner party together ASAP. You can catch Dan on Crack and Egg With on foodnetwork.com. Thanks so much for listening and make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday. Foodies.